I've titled the message today, Cultivate Inner Beauty, The Real You. You see, this is just a shell. The real you is what is hidden inside. And we'll just start this morning with a little story because it just sets the scene for what I'm going to be speaking on. There was a a middle-aged woman and um, she had a heart attack and she was taken to hospital and while she was on the operating table, she had a near-death experience. And um, seeing God, she said, is my time up yet? And he answered and he said, no, you have 40 days, two months and eight days to live. So on recovering from the operation, she decided she'd stay in hospital a little longer and she would have a facelift, a liposuction and a tummy tuck. And she even called in a hairdresser to um, change the colour of her hair because she figured, well, if I've got all these days left to live, I might as well make the most of it. So she stayed there, she had these procedures and and as she recovered from those she was released from hospital and um, as she walked out of the hospital, across the road, she was hit by a car, killed instantly. And uh, she's before God and she says, I thought you said I had 40 years left. Why didn't you pull me from the path of that car? God replied, I didn't recognize you. (laughs) Open your Bibles at 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 3. And here Peter is teaching women how to conduct themselves. He's instructing them how to be a good witness, um, in this case, to an unbelieving husband. But it also teaches us how we too can attract those that don't yet know Jesus into wanting to investigate who he is. People will say of us, I want what they've got. 1 Peter 3, 3 3-5, and I'm reading most of the scriptures today from the Message Translation. What matters... It's not our outward appearance, the styling of our hair, the jewellery you wear, the cut of your clothes, but your inner disposition. Cultivate inner beauty, the gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. The holy women of old were beautiful before God in that way and were good, loyal wives to their husbands. While Peter was speaking to the women, men don't switch off because this advice is equally for you. Inner beauty is God's desire for each one of us. I have four sons, so I know that, guys, it can take you just as long to get ready to go out. You, too, care about how you look and the impression that you're going to make on others. In fact, guys, while this message seems to focus on women... Don't switch off, because there's little morsels all the way through, and I don't want you to miss them. Little morsels especially for you. You see, to look great and feel fabulous doesn't depend on the external, but is way more about the internal. Some years back, I read an article in the newspaper 
entitled The Power of Being Beautiful. It was saying we all know the trite sayings, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and uh, beauty is only skin deep. And there was one there from Prophet Khalil Gibran that says, beauty is not in the face, beauty is light in the heart. Even Sophia Loren got in on the act with beauty is how you feel on the inside, it is not physical. The prophet and the drop-dead gorgeous screen siren were very right. You've perhaps heard the rhyme, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the loveliest of all. Well, the most beautiful people in the world is the godly woman and man who is living their life by the word of God. Proverbs 27, 19 says, As a face reflects, is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. In Genesis, it tells us that we were made in the image of God. That means that we are reflections of his glory. We have the ability to reflect God's character in our love, patience, forgiveness, kindness, and faithfulness. Just a little side, do you know the definition of patience? It is still being able to let your light shine when your fuse is blowing. <laughs> the truth is, no matter what we think about ourselves, we are a beautiful creation because God created us in his image. Let's be reminded of what the Bible says about that. Psalm 139, 13 to 15, and this is from the Message Translation. Oh, yes! You shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvellously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body how I was sculptured from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived a day. Our desire should be to become more like him and fulfill the blueprint that he has for our life. That happens as we cultivate the real person, our inner self, our spirit, put there by God. Matt talked about this a few weeks ago. We all have a call on our life. And while we're waiting for that call, or while we are working in that call, we need to be preparing and cultivating our heart. This is very important if we're going to fulfil the call on our life. That same Sunday, Alex brought a word saying to the effect that if we want to move forward, it will cost. This could maybe be a cost of time or of self-discipline. Is this where we need to start our inner beauty regime? My title is Cultivate Inner Beauty. If we want to grow healthy plants, we have to cultivate the soil. We have to put fertilizer in. We have to keep feeding 
the soil with good things. We have to water the soil. Are you getting the picture? If we're constantly comparing ourselves with others, we'll feel like we never measure up. And this will affect the confidence which we affect that sorry, this will affect the confidence which will affect the way that we carry ourselves through life. By cultivating our heart, our inner being, the real us, will shine through. And the real you is beautiful. 1 Samuel 16 to 7 reads, People judge by the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God had told Samuel to go to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse um, <clears throat> because he was going to anoint one of Jesse's sons as the next king of Israel. And so Jesse's sons all line up before um, Samuel and all strong, handsome-looking men. And God said, it's not one of them. And so Samuel asks, are there any more sons? And so David, the youngest son, he was called in from the um, fields. He was a lowly shepherd boy. And God said, this is the one. God wasn't looking at the physical appearance, but rather the heart. He knew God's heart was after him. Now, it's not unspiritual to attend to the physical body. We should do it to maintain it. God has made us and he expects us to look after ourselves. There's a saying that goes, if the barn needs painting, paint it. Let's be real, if we're having a good hair day and we feel good in what we're wearing, we walk through the day tall and with confidence. But it won't matter how polished we may look on the outside. We'll not be truly beautiful if the inside is full of unkindness and dishonesty and selfishness and greed. Our focus should be more on tending to our spirit, the inner man, the part that communes with God. I read once, the perfect body will not get you through the gates of heaven. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, It is good to exercise and stay in shape, but God expects us to stay in shape spiritually. Spiritual fitness comes from reading God's word and obeying it, talking with God in prayer and building up a relationship with him and having fellowship with his people, attend church regularly because that is where we are taught and where we have the opportunity to serve. Waiting for perfect conditions will mean inactivity. If we wait for the perfect time, and place for personal Bible reading, we'll never begin. If we wait for a perfect church, we'll never join. If we wait for the perfect ministry, we will never serve. Don't wait for conditions that might not exist. In 1 Peter 3, Peter is warning the women of the day not to follow the customs of some of the Egyptian women who during that period spent hours working on their hair, 
makeup, and on finding the perfect outfit. Hello, can we be guilty of this? I read that the average woman spends $13,000 in her lifetime to cover outward flaws. The challenge today is where is our focus? Do we spend more time, money, resources on trying to be attractive to the world and to grow, than to grow in our relationship with God? Is our desire to become more like him and show true beauty that comes from within? 1 Peter 3 verse 4 instructs us to be concerned with how we are seen by God. Let your adorning be the hidden person. In other words, the real you, the part of us that God recognises. What is going on in our heart will be reflected in our outer body. Our bodies begin to change as we get older, and the bad news is we can't stop that. We may be able to delay it for a little while with creams and potions, but eventually gravity takes over, energy levels decline, wrinkles appear. I know this is true. I am 70 years old and it is happening. <laughs> the good news is, the good news is, the beauty of the heart lasts forever. The Bible refers to it as imperishable beauty. If we cultivate our spirit, it will get more and more beautiful, and God delights in it. Verse 5 says, If we clothe ourselves with a gentle and quiet spirit, it will not fade, and it is very precious to God. We get a gentle and a quiet spirit by drawing close to God and resting in him. It's precious to him because it shows that we're trusting in him and not in man. Man will let us down, but God never will. I heard someone say once that they had always struggled with acceptance. They constantly compared themselves to others and tried to imitate them with the hope that they would uh, feel acceptance, but it wasn't working. They finally came to the place that they realized God loved the real them. He loved their heart. And this realization freed them to enjoy who they were. As a matter of interest, I googled who is the most beautiful woman in 2023? And it came... Sorry? <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> it came up with Bella Haddad. In a scientific measure of physical beauty, she scored the highest. Others on the list were Beyonce, Taylor Smith, Swith, Swift, <laughs> and Kim Kardashian. Don't get sucked in to the type of beauty betrayed by the media. The beauty industry makes millions out of people chasing after the elusive perfect look. Be grateful and rejoice in who God has created you to be.
We are made in his image. If we cultivate our inner spirit, we will be drop-dead gorgeous because that sort of beauty will shine through to the outside. A gentle and a quiet spirit isn't a picture of a weak, shy person, but rather the opposite. It shows a confident, strong person who knows who they are and where their hope comes from. To get a better picture of someone who has cultivated their inner spirit and how it plays out in their life, let's have a look at the woman described in Proverbs 31. I'm not going to read it all out for sake of time, but it will be up on the screen, but we'll be picking out bits and pieces. Proverbs 31, I can see a few husbands nudging their wife and saying, listen up, sweetie. But guys, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When we read Proverbs 31, we generally seem to start at verse 10, and, um, which is about the virtuous woman, but verses 1 to 9 are about a virtuous man. While most of the book of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, Proverbs 31 was written by King Lemuel, and he is teaching his son the things his mother taught him. There is a message in itself for Mother's Day. Teach your children how to live well and make good decisions in life. The way we live, parents, speaks volumes to our children, but words alone are not enough. They need a visual example as well. King Lemuel's mother obviously had a heart after God because she named her son Lemuel, which means devoted to God. That was her desire for her son, that he would grow up to be a leader that was devoted to God. She knew the value of being admired and serving out of inner strength. She urges him not to waste his strength on the type of woman who would ruin his life. Not to be a womanizer, but to be pleasing to the Lord in the way he conducts himself. She admonishes her son to be a man of honour and integrity. She also advised against becoming drunk on alcohol because of the effect that could have on his judgment of others. And she urged him to speak up for those who could not speak up for themselves. To ensure justice for those being crushed, for the poor and the helpless. I would say that that is an attractive man right there. Verses 10 to 31, this wise mother instructs her son on what to look for in a wife. Her description is of a woman who is beautiful first and foremost on the inside. A woman who is an example to other women. The last two verses of Proverbs 31, I believe, are the key verses of this chapter. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Lisa Turkhurst wrote an article on Proverbs 31 and she wrote, Did you notice it didn't say it is the woman with the spotless house who will be praised? It is not the woman 
with the perfectly behaved children or who wears designer clothes. And it's not even the woman who is married and has children. It is the woman who fears the Lord. What does it mean to fear the Lord? It describes a person who takes refuge in God. They draw close to him and are in awe of his holiness. They trust God with their whole being and give their life completely to him. Every day isn't perfect. Stuff happens. Curveballs are thrown at us. Sometimes we struggle to get it together. We will mess up. But in these moments, we can and should choose to put our trust in God and honour him with our attitude. King Lemuel's mother was describing the ideal wife for him. These verses should inspire all women. In the Hebrew Bible, Proverbs follows the book of Ruth, and Ruth also was described as a virtuous woman, and this was at a time when she was a widow, and she, so she was single. She was on her own, and she had no children. But she was a virtuous woman because she feared the Lord. Proverbs 31 honours womanhood. Not just mums, womanhood. Now we can feel intimidated by Miss 31 as she comes across as perfect. And you may be thinking I could never match up to her. But take heart, some scholars say that all these qualities may not have been necessarily in one woman. And verse 10 tells us that that type of woman with all those qualities described in the following verses is pretty hard to find. I believe this chapter is about honouring God in your life and in the way we serve. Be obedient to the call on our life. What made this woman to be admired was not all the things she so capably, capably did. It was rather who she was on the inside. What she did flowed out of her love and devotion for God. Our inward nature is what is important to God. In some Bible translations, the woman in Proverbs 31 is described as a virtuous woman. And the dictionary tells us that virtuous means moral excellence and righteous, filled with love, hope and charity, doing even unpleasant tasks with grace. I've picked out seven qualities from this chapter that will display in the life of a person who fears the Lord. And the first quality we see in verse 11. She can be trusted. She could keep confidences. Her word was her word. She wouldn't let people down. She was dependable, reliable, spoke the truth. These qualities are in a trustworthy person. Because of her trustworthy nature, she enriched her husband's life. Girls, we were created to be a helpmeet to our husbands. They need our encouragement and support. 
we all know they need our help. (laughs) Husbands, a wife is a good sounding board. Don't ignore what she is saying. Her perspective will be different from yours, but could be very valuable. Don't dismiss it quickly. In Proverbs 31, sorry, Miss Proverbs 31 would never be spiteful toward her husband. She is appreciated because she can be trusted, because she wants the best for him, best for her family and friends. She'll never harm you by the things that she says and does. Verse 13, she is industrious. She doesn't sit around all day watching soaps and on social media apps and then discovering that she hasn't got enough time left in her day to do all that she should be doing or what is important. She wouldn't get to the end of the day and feel that she had wasted it by being idle. No, she is out there shopping for the best bargains, in other words, being resourceful, and keeping her hands busy providing for her family. She is thrifty and doesn't waste her resources. She has a great work ethic because she works as unto the Lord. Look what the Bible says about that. Ephesians 6, 7 says, Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than people. In Proverbs 31, 17, she is energetic, strong, hard worker. I know this all sounds exhausting. We can't all knit and sew and buy fields, but that doesn't disqualify us. Just take what is in your hand, what you are responsible for or gifted in, and use it to the best of your ability. We learned a few weeks ago back uh, from a message that Anna brought that one thing we are all gifted in is time. The way we use our time will determine how we grow. Are we pleasing God or are we pleasing the world's expectations? Verse 15, we see Miss Proverbs is a planner. She excels in time management. She doesn't leave things to chance or have a she'll be right attitude. She has goals and plans out how she is going to meet them. She starts her day on the front foot, up before dawn, getting breakfast ready for the family and planning her day's work. She is organised. It's hard to accomplish our goals or even our daily tasks without a plan of execution. There are distractions that can and will rob us of achieving. Verse 20, she's compassionate and kind. She shares what she has with the needy. She's grasped that she is blessed to be a blessing. What we have has been given to us to share. Her words are flavoured with genuine grace and mercy. She's nice to be around. She considers it pure joy to bless others and would rather go without a out herself to see that other people's needs are met. For her, it's not all about me. That doesn't mean that we should neglect ourselves, but giving our life to others 
gives life to us. In Matthew 10, 39, Jesus says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Colossians 3, 12 and 14, and this is from the Message Translation, it says, so chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and completely as the Master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Verse 22, she is classy. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Linen is a quality fabric and purple is the colour of royalty. She knows she is a child of King Jesus. She's careful and wise with her spending. She looked after her inner demeanour and it reflects on the outside. Look at verse 25. She's clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. In other words, she'll, um, she'll ride through the storms of life because she has security in her maker. She knows that she is loved by God and that he wants the best for her. She's not worried about the future or lean times because she's clothed in inner strength. Verse 26 and 27, this is one wise lady. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say and she says it kindly. She isn't full of self-centered comments, but rather lifts others up with words of encouragement. She's watching out for everyone in her household, wanting the best for each one of them. She teaches and trains her children about godly living. She doesn't leave it to chance. She is deliberate. Verse 31, she is fruitful. Reward her for all she has done. That's how the NIV says it. The message says, give her everything she deserves. Verse 26 says, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. She is celebrated because she shines. Guys, this message is as much for you. In a lot of ways, you hold the balance. Stand up and be the spiritual leaders in your home. Encourage your wife's gifts and abilities. You've heard the saying behind, every successful man is a good wife. More often than not, this is true when we look at the successful men of history. Your success will hinge on your fear of God and your devotion to your wife. It's a lie that girls are looking for a macho man. Girls want someone who will be fully engaged and committed to God. Why? Because then they will have the security and the strength to be, to be all God called them to be. 
While the Proverbs 31 woman had hands like Martha, her success came out of her heart like Mary's. She sought to honour God in all that she did, however menial the task might be. Would the band like to come up now? Proverbs begins with the command in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says, to fear the Lord. And it ends with a picture of a woman who fulfills this command. Ask the question, what is filling my life? Do I need to declutter and make room for Jesus? A life of success, joy, honour and worth are born out of putting God first. Cultivate your heart. It takes discipline. Cultivation takes place as we spend time in his presence and open our heart to him and allow ourselves to become vulnerable before him. Our highest calling is to fear the Lord, to stand in awe of him, knowing that he gave his all so that we could live life well. Let me pray. Father God, let the beauty of Jesus be seen in us. All his wonderful passion and purity. Holy Spirit, please refine our nature until it is you that people see in us. May we be reflectors of your beauty. Bring forth the real me in each one of us.